0: Welcome to the Jesus-Centered Family Podcast. Man, I'm so pumped to be here.
1: It's been a long time in the making here.
0: It has been. We've been talking about this for like six months. And for a while, a certain someone at the table was like, yeah, we're thinking about doing a podcast. And we'd already purchased equipment to do a podcast. (laughs) Dane, I won't throw you under the bus, but it was you. (laughs) So... This is the Young Generation Ministry Team at County Line Church in Auburn, Indiana. Um, And we are launching a new podcast. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second, but I want to introduce you to who is on the show, who you will hear in your ears right now. Um, So to my left, you can't see it, but you can hear her. Um, The lone female on the show, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. I'm Stacey Zisloft, and I'm the children's pastor here at County Line.
0: The newly knighted children's mm. pastor. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Next, Dane?
3: Yeah, Dane Cruz Family Connections pastor. Super excited to be here and to do this.
0: And Dane has was the youth pastor at County Line for 23 years. Yes, sir. Impressive. It's almost mm. as long as I've been
1: alive. Mm. Oh. To my right. Couldn't make it to a quarter century, though. No, couldn't. It, says, it says a
3: lot about Dane, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it over there. <laughs> Matthew? <laughs> I'm Matt.
1: I'm the middle school and preteen pastor and have not been here 23 years, but been here a few. Yeah.
0: And I'm JB. I'm the high school and young adult pastor here. Um, and yeah, we're, we're pumped to be able to do this. Uh, we are starting a podcast because we have this idea of sticky faith here at County Line. Um, which we've stolen from other places, um,
1: many places,
0: many places, um, and so we've just kind of made it a whole kind of mantra and a whole mindset here. Um, but we we wanted to launch this podcast because we created a new mission statement. Uh, Matt, do you remember the mission statement?
1: Our mission at County Line Church is to equip every generation to intentionally live a Jesus centered life. What does that mean? Who. Well, it means a lot. It was a very long day process of wordsmithing. Mm-hmm. What are we about? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our vision for the church is to restore our communities with Christ one life at a time. But how do we do that? And so what do we want in each of our ministries, and especially in young Gen? And the reality is is that we want to be equippers, as pastors, as ministry leaders. We're called to equip the saints to do the work of the kingdom. And so we want to equip people, and even as a young young generation staff that, yeah, focuses on young people, birth to college age-ish, you know, we recognize that it's not just about young people. So we need older people, and that doesn't just mean old people, that means all people of every age to be a part of the ministry and to, you know, really be focused on Jesus. like. Yeah. He's the one who's restoring our communities. And so we want to make sure that every generation, every people group is represented in this statement to intentionally live a Jesus-centered life.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool about the group that we have here. Like, Stacy, you oversee birth through third grade. Third grade. Uh, but then within your ministry, what are the, what's the age range of volunteers you oversee?
2: Volunteers we have as young as fourth graders all the way up to... Old old. I don't (laughs) But yeah, we really almost as soon as they leave my ministry, they we have kids wanting to come back to serve and be with preschoolers or in the nursery with the littlest ones. So after they leave my ministry, anybody any age after that can come back and serve in my ministry and there is a good representation every week across the board. Yeah. If that so
0: and Matt and I were just talking about that within our student ministry, we've got a very similar feel where we've got a lot of we've got High schoolers that are leading worship and working in Texas middle schoolers, too, mm-hmm. and all the way up to 60s, maybe even into 70s. like Definitely 70s, yeah. Just yeah. serving in student ministry. So we are really trying to hit that every generation element. Yes. Um, Dane, who are we targeting? Who do we want to listen to this podcast? Who are we speaking to?
3: Well, if you um, have any ability to influence a student's life, a kid's life, you should be listening to this, whether it's uh, you as a parent, grandparents, aunts, uncles, if you're a mentor uh, of some kind. I think everyone uh, has a, a voice to speak into the, into the life of a kid and a mm-hmm. uh, student. And I think it really is important that we, uh, for sure, uh, are living as an example of what a Jesus centered life is. And so, uh, but also having conversations with, with those kids, our, our own kids our neighbor kids, our grandkids, you know, anybody that uh, we can speak and have an ear to that we want to help them understand what it means to live a Jesus-centered life. So
0: Yeah, so kind of anybody that's influencing anybody else's faith. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, you know, and one thing that just happened over the weekend that I think got my attention, uh, so at the Yule Wilson Center that we're connected to, they held a a balloon... uh, release and kind of an informal memorial for a 16-year-old that passed away, and the um, guidance counselor for one of the local middle schools was there, and they gave him the microphone, and one of the things that he said as he looked out, uh, he goes, if you're an adult, you all should be mentoring some student, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, we we need you uh, to be a part of this, and we all have a responsibility for that, and I just... You know, I don't even know if he's a believer or not, but he sees the need for um, the older generation, whoever you are, whether it's a senior speaking into a second grader, Yep. you know, uh, that we all should be speaking into the life uh, of students and kids and helping them understand what it means to live a Jesus-centered life.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Excellent. and I think even within that, I think that kind of intimidates people, hearing like, mm-hmm. you should be mentoring somebody, you should be investing into somebody. Um, but I've told leaders time and time again in student ministry, like you can lead somebody that you're ahead of in your journey, in your race. So, you know, even if you're, I've had freshmen, sophomores in high school leading middle school small groups before, and they did an incredible job. You don't have to be a a Bible scholar or this like old wise sage. You can lead people that you're, you know, a couple steps ahead of. Well,
1: not just even, you know, the filter of I have to be a Bible scholar or anything like that. But even just like, well, I'm not, I'm not built like a youth pastor or or children's pastor. Like my, my demeanor isn't that way. Like that's not my, my characteristics. And it's like, okay, I remember the countless of coaches and teachers that poured into my life and none of them were the same. Like none of them were the same, but they, the people that really poured into me, they were different people than I was. But it was the relationship that we built that was really the amazing part. And so whenever somebody's like, oh, I can't be a, a youth leader or a small group leader or volunteer here and there, I'm like, no, you're wrong, because anybody can. And I really do believe that. I think anybody can serve in young generation ministry because there are countless numbers of different kinds of students, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so just you can
2: just being invested in by someone else who's paying attention to you exactly changes the outlook for some child that that person cares about me, and that in and of itself is enough.
3: Yep,
1: absolutely.
0: That's a good line. He said it again. Um, just by <laughs> being invested in by someone who pays attention to you,
3: hmm. yep, is enough. Yeah, it's there's good. a book. I don't know when it was published, quite a while ago when I was in in, in youth ministry, and the title of the book was, Everyone is Called to Youth Ministry. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's the biblical model. I mean, that's the way Jesus set it up. That's the way, if you read in the New Testament, when the church was set up, it was the older generation trying to lead the younger generation. And uh, I think that's we got to get back to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got to get back to that,
0: and we'll get into more specifics on how to do that within serving and uh, how we how we raise up our families. And we've got a wide range of families represented even here at this table, and we'll get more people in that represent other types of families. But um, we'll talk more about like what the ins and outs of that look like. But we're gonna jump to our sticky faith values. So last summer, uh, Matt mentioned we. Came together and we formed this mission statement, um, and then from that we developed a list of sticky faith values. And so these are uh, five things that our team values greatly, um, and kind of how we're building our our ministries here at County Line, um, how we're building them. And and Matt and I were even just talking the other day on, is there a way to grade our our ministries and our events? based on these values. So these are things that like we're really trying to dig down into the trenches and create say, a rubric for it. Yeah, like, yeah, we did. We like <laughs> a
1: grading scale of yep, Yeah, the teacher, teacher in the room teacher is
0: Teacher Stacy. <laughs> um but so Matt, you want to talk about a little bit like the sticky faith mindset. Like w- how did we get from wherever we were to
1: creating this list of values? Well, and I think understanding like sticky faith isn't just one thing. Um and I think it takes all of these these values that we have. We you know, we have five values and I'm I'm sure we could like we could even go in and break some of those up even more. But these are like the five like pillars kind of thing to a sticky faith. A faith and the whole premise is like a faith that sticks beyond just what happens at church. Mm-hmm. Like that this is lived out in a Jesus follower's life, not just in elementary or middle school or high school or college, but like for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And in a sticky faith, you know, a sticky faith sticks. So it's not just on you, but whenever you come in contact with other people, it's a faith that can be passed too. That's um, good. And can be, you know, can be grown and become more sticky kind of thing. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of like the premise is that these five values kind of encapsulate, like you said, what we're about as a ministry, as county line, as young generation, but we want to make sure that these, we can help provide these and encourage people in these. And like, the first thing is making sure it gets to parents. Like we want to be a partner with parents and that's an uphill climb. Yeah. Like in reality, that's a, that's an uphill climb because we aren't, we know that we can't be the primary faith influencer in every student's lives, I think that we are in some, you know, but what we want and what we see where growth happens, like Dane was saying, whenever the older generation is pouring into a younger generation is how it's supposed to be set up. But what we've seen is where true growth, where faith really sticks, is whenever the p- parent is that primary influencer um, and really the parent figure. That's not just like it's the person <laughs> that is the the number one guardian in that in that student's life in that kid's life that person can be the primary faith influencer and so our mission is to partner with them provide resources this is this is kind of birthed out of this podcast is one of those ways that we want to partner with parents is let's talk about faith let's talk about resources that we we come encounter with let's you know let's talk about big issues and how, how to help parents deal with those with their students so you know sticky faith is a big is a big vision but these five values starting with partnering with parents is is it yeah
0: um yeah so you 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 segued into that first one so our first sticky faith value is partner with parents so just the idea of what can we do as a church to empower and equip parents to lead their students because we do believe that what happens at home mm-hmm. is the most important thing it's, mm-hmm. it's more important than what we can do in an hour or two hours at church mm-hmm. um you know with that jb i yeah. think
3: if we would interview every parent mm-hmm. every one of us would say we want our kids faith to stick mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. we don't want them to walk away from their faith when they graduate when they go off to college and i think if you know, if you're a, a parent, and you're listening to this. That's your heart. That's what you want. So that's why we do Sticky Faith is to help you, equip you, mm-hmm. to make sure that we can partner together, like Matt was saying, um, to help you in that process with your kid, uh, with your student. So um, I know I want my kids to follow Jesus to, you know, till they pass on to, from this earth. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that our church and you guys are willing to partner with me to help me do that. <laughs>
0: Love that. Um, so we've got this idea of partnering with parents. The next thing, uh, our next value is identify faith influencers. Um, and so our goal as a as a ministry is that every kid and student that goes through our ministry would have at least five people that aren't their parents that are investing in them. Stacey, you kind of already hit on this idea mm-hmm. uh, with what you said a minute ago. Do you want to talk a little bit about faith influencers?
2: Sure. Um So our goal is that each child would have five people outside of their parent that would be influencing them in faith, in their faith, as well as um, their life in general. And I think each of us at this table have talked about our influencers in the past in different environments and how some of us even had people who would be, we would considered five of our top influencers in our life that maybe weren't always involved in the faith aspect, but in other arenas or activities of our life. Um, but our goal really is to have five, five faith influencers. Um, and of course we feel like we're even helping and providing in some of that with our small groups on Sundays or Wednesday nights. Um, that that's one person that we're already putting in place, um, with your child. Of course, all of us sitting at this table are more than willing to step into any family's environment and be a part of that as well. Um, but the goal is that parents also have other people in their lives, whether it be their small group, maybe they have someone in that environment that they have pouring into their child's life as well. So the parents need to be a part of that and kind of monitoring that a little bit. And I will say, because I have a wide range of my own children that I've seen that transition. There were some people who may have been early on in my kids' lives in the elementary school, but maybe they left this environment for different reasons, whether it be maybe it was a baseball coach and they're no longer on that baseball team that sometimes that, those five people ebb and flow as they change throughout seasons of their life as well. But to have five people throughout their life time that is influencing and that may, may differ throughout that time, but not always the same five. So,
0: yeah. Um, and we, like you said, we've got, we provide small group leaders for every student that attends youth group on a Wednesday night. And on Sunday mornings, our kids ministry has small group leaders. Some people call them teachers. Like we're, we're strategically putting these people in place. Um, if a student comes on a Wednesday night if if you count Matt and I as potential faith influencers, every student that walks through our doors already has four because they're gonna have two small group leaders mm-hmm. and then they they got two youth pastors. So mm-hmm. that's four of the five. Right. Um, but I'm with you. Like personal experience, I could go through and just list off mm-hmm. so many different people that influenced my faith growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of where we get the idea of sticky faith is there's a book called Sticky Faith mm-hmm. um, that has tons of research uh, from Fuller Youth Institute, and they actually I identified if if there are students that have at least five faith influencers in their life, then they are more likely to stay with their faith. They're less likely to walk away and be part of the statistic that some studies show up to, you know, 75% of practicing Christians that are involved in church walk away from their faith after high school. Mm-hmm. And if we can provide those five to help them to stay with their faith, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that that happens. Um, so, if you're looking for a book to read, if you're a book reader, <laughs> Sticky Faith is a great one um, that has lots of statistics, lots of stuff, and a lot—really a lot—of where we pulled some of our stuff from.
3: And I think it's a great question to ask yourself and to ask your own kids: like, who who do you see as a mentor in your life currently, right now? Yeah. Like every stage of life, let's revisit that and say, who is that person? And and maybe they can only say two or three, and they have to think about it, or we can. Uh, help develop that a little bit more as parents. Like We have to make sure our kids are interacting with other adults that have the same values, Christian faith as us, but um, we have to help our kids have those environments uh, where they can find those mentors. We can't just leave it up to them to find it on their own, but we have to help orchestrate that in some mm-hmm. way. So and you're
0: kind of in a stage of life where you would have to have a conversation with your kids and say, hey, who are the people that are influencing your faith? Mm -hmm. Whereas Matt, in your stage of life... (laughs) With a
1: two-year-old. yeah, Yeah. But you
0: you and Becca could legitimately sit down and say, all right, who are the influencers in Evie's faith that are pouring into her? And I'm sure you could come up with five.
1: Uh, Easily. Yeah. And I think that's the, you know, it's almost a little bit of a challenge that we put a little bit back on the families and the parents of, hey, think back through your faith journey. And did you do it on your own? No, I didn't. I didn't do it on my own. Like, it really took other people pouring into you. Okay. And the thing is, is that, yes, the parents are the primary, but even more than parents. And so who are those people that help facilitate a strong faith in you? And you can be that for someone else.
2: And I'm going to, again, speak up here and say that there have been times, knowing who my own children's five or however many, sometimes more than that, people are, That when we may be in a situation with our child, me as a parent can also go to those faith influencers in my kid's life and say, listen, we are struggling with this. He's not hearing me in this. Mm -hmm. Can you have a conversation or are you willing to be a moderator and come together and speak with us in this situation that they really become a support to a parent as well when you're walking through something difficult?
0: Yeah. They legitimately become a partner Absolutely. in raising up your kids. Absolutely, yeah. um, we'll we'll we're we'll definitely dive into a full episode <laughs> yes, on <we> <laughs> faith influencers yeah. later. Uh, but we're gonna move on. Uh, our third value is connect to the church family. Um, Dane, this is you are the family connections pastor, <laughs> yes, so I'm gonna yeah. throw this one to you. Talk All a little right. bit about this value of connecting our kids and students to the broader church family.
3: Yeah, I just recently, I think in the last three or four years, uh, there is a group called Orange uh, that has a lot of curriculum for student and kidsmen. And they came out and said that um, one of the best things for a, a student to grow in their faith is to serve. Mm-hmm. And they were seeing that more and more. And so I think, you know, that was one of those things of, okay, how can we, number one, help them grow in their faith? So we're going to challenge them to serve. So we want, just like Stacey had, had said, if you if you're out of If you're in fourth or fifth grade, you can still go serve with kindergarten or uh, preschool or whatever. Um, But on top of that, I think it's also cool because when we can have students and kids rubbing shoulders with other adults in that serving um, opportunity. So if they're in the nursery, there's maybe one or two kids, but they're with two or three other adults. And again, it creates a connection point for them to meet And hopefully, some of those adult volunteers are investing in them and talking about their life. Isn't it a short time period that they're together? Um, Or if you're an usher um, on a Sunday morning, that you may be standing across from a high school student, you know, another opportunity for the intergenerational conversation to happen. Uh, In our cafe, it does the same thing. So, creating opportunities for them to grow in their faith because they can serve, but also it helps them feel part of the the church community as a whole and helps them build relationships with other adults um, and hopefully those adults will speak into their lives i think another way to tag on to that and just like a
1: another practic- practice for parents to be to be doing is get involved with a faith in action project mm. like not just serving within the church but serving as the church out in communities intergenerationally like seeing families do that like that is Awesome. Like, I love seeing the pictures that come out and seeing young kids, like littles, Mm -hmm. like with teenagers with their grandparents and their parents and aunts and like it becomes almost like looking like a family reunion project kind of thing. But it's really cool to see how you have, again, like the church going outside the church building to serve as this intergenerational family. Yeah. If you are not a county line
0: attender or a county line family, a faith in action project is a planned setup project that you can sign up for and go serve within your community. Yep. No matter what community it is around our church, uh, you can go and sign up and serve with other people in the church. And it's really fun. And you get to serve alongside people that you go to church with. Uh, good point. I like that. Yeah. It's good good connection. Um, all right. So our that was our number three. Our number four value in our Sticky Faith values is worship as a family. Uh, Stacy, do you want to talk a little bit about worshiping as a family?
2: Sure. So we have what's called sticky faith Sunday here at County line. So the second Sunday of every month, all of our families, um, we suspend our elementary and high junior high, high school programming. So the kids will attend what my own children call big church and they all tend the service together. And we do this so that the family gets to worship and, um, learn about God's word together. And I personally love this. When I was a kid, this was something that we always did every Sunday, but it's a great opportunity for us as adults to model for our kids. What does it look like to worship? What does it look like to open your Bible and follow along as um, the lesson is being shared? What does it look like to apply this after we leave? Um, And so that opportunity where as a family, they are doing church together. And so when we go do things like Faith in Action, again, it's done as a family. We're doing this together. It's another model that we're setting for kids is this is how we do church in and outside of our building.
0: It's cool. And you've got kids, like you said, of all ages. So you've, you know, sometimes you have your adult kids sitting with you, but then you get the opportunity to worship with your younger kids too. Yes.
2: And I think that's really good too. I've heard the statement like, what am I going to do with my kid? I have to keep them entertained during this. And I really hope that families start to see that it's not about entertaining your child when you're sitting in church, but instead it's about engaging them in the process of what's happening in service.
0: Yeah. And we've been very intentional about trying to set up not just Sticky Faith Sunday, but all of our main services with students serving, whether it's on stage or with Bible readings or tech or usher. I mean, just all different areas of ministry. Um, Sticky Faith Sunday, a lot of times we have our kids' worship team that yes. will lead a song and different elements to make it fun and engaging for the kids. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, the whole idea is that it's a, a family atmosphere, yes. that families feel comfortable coming in and bringing their kids in. You ready to bring your two-year-old into Sticky Faith Sunday yet?
1: She has been a she few has? times. Uh, maybe not for the entire service, <laughs> but for for long enough, I remember um, yeah, we, we brought her in and... She's a fan for yeah. sure. So occasionally there is the there are the moments where you're like, okay, you can't scream that loud, Evelyn. But <laughs> she can
0: scream really loud. She too. can scream <laughs>
1: very loud. She's just praising Jesus. That's exactly you know, right. That's exactly right. Praising Jesus. <laughs> uh I this is probably I don't know if I can have a favorite value, but this is one of my favorites. It's in my top five. Why is that? It's in my top five. <laughs> uh because I think it, it hits m- me like personally. Because this was me as a kid, I went to a very, very, very small church. Had a very small youth group, so there was no Mm -hmm. Sunday morning programming just for like my age group, other than kids' church, and that ended at like fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, being especially as a middle school and high school student involved in the service, and again, small church, you gotta everybody's gotta serve, all hands on deck. But having that experience of. Watching my parents serve, watching my parents worship, um, and having that engagement alongside them, um, I think that, I mean, just witnessing that poured a lot into my faith. Like, I think, again, just seeing that, and like he said, seeing other students serving. Like, having elementary kids see high school students serving within service I think is huge. It's a great way to see to for to see how f- your faith is going to be poured into you, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I I love this. I love that we we encourage our families to worship together. We love having them in class mm-hmm. and and things. But whenever you know, I have the student that is like, I'm not going to go to class. I'm going to go into the auditorium. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like because they're going to go engage with an even larger body with you know. Yes, with their family, but with the church family too.
0: Yeah. All right, so our fifth and final Sticky Faith value is empower the kids and students to be the church of today. And I think this one really connects with that last one, kind of just like flows from it. Matt, do you want to talk about this one
1: a little bit? I think this is the one that we are, like we're really pushing to get, to like raise our, back to our kind of rubric that we're setting up for ourselves. It's like, this is one we're going like, we're excited about, improving, Mm -hmm. um, is we want to, we want to have kids and students feel a part of the church, even in decision-making, even in, you know, certain levels of leadership of, um, because they are the church. Um, you know, uh, there was a mission statement of a church that I was a part of that, um, a few years ago that, you know, raising up the next generation and it's like, okay, but they're already here. Like, they're already doing it. So next is a is a moot point. Like they're now. It's generation now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we really want to see is in, I think, in almost every level of the church, of uh, in leadership, in serving, in. Um, and how we worship in, you know, I would love to see even more testimonies of students, but seeing them being a part of every level and every aspect of the church as it operates right now. Not just preparing them for the future, but being part of it right now. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: I think it's so true, and I think sometimes we discount our children and our students because, well... You know, they haven't been around enough. They haven't lived uh, as many years as I, and they, don't, they haven't had as many life experiences, which is true. But Jesus even said, we must become like a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the Holy Spirit is who I think He is, He can speak through the mouth of a five-year-old Absolutely. just Come as much as a 25-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's our 65-year-old. And sometimes maybe it's better if a five-year-old would speak <laughs> with the Holy Spirit than a 65-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's where that's what I love about what Matt is saying, is that if we can really capture that, and of course, okay, they may say something off the wall because right. they are immature, but a good teaching moment. But I think letting them sense and experience that you value me this much, and you, we value that the Holy Spirit can use, work inside of you just like He can work inside of me. Yep. I mean, that can bring a self-confidence and a spiritual faith of of us of a kid like nothing other. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm. I'm hoping that as we develop that, that we can see some really awesome fruit from it.
0: Yeah, um, I think when you when you're talking about that, I think of two things. One is thinking about high schoolers teaching in a middle school ministry environment, and how like they are so much more impactful than the youth mm-hmm. pastor. <laughs> like I, there were so many times where I handed off to high schoolers, and then just I was like they listen to you way more than they listen to me. And they're going to take it to heart way more be- just because you're in high school. Like you're cool to them. Uh, but then the other thing uh, in that first Timothy four twelve verse, it says, mm-hmm. um, don't let anybody look down on you because yes. you're young. But if you keep going, it says, but set an example. Mm-hmm. And I think for kids and students to understand, like they have the opportunity to be an example, to not just people their age or younger than them, but to adults, yep. like the way that they go, even just being in service and sitting there and listening and engaging and whatever, like that can be an example. The way they serve at a project or go on an impact trip or what whatever it might be, they can be an example to even the most mature of believers. Yes. Um, not not just like oh look that kid's so cute, but like hey, like you can impact somebody's faith by the way you're running after Jesus. I just think that's that's really cool. So
3: At a practical example that was kind of cool. I was in Walmart, right? It was actually the Sunday, Youth Sunday happened, and you had the three uh, students talk about their impact trips that they went on. And uh, I was in Walmart walking, and this guy from County Line, I kind of know who he is. We recognize each other's faces. And so we were just chatting for a little bit, and he brought it up. I didn't even bring it up. He said, would not it really cool to hear what those students said today? and i just thought there you have it right there mm-hmm. there it yeah. is they living out that that we empowered the kids to speak how god works in their life mm-hmm. and here's this adult he was in i mean he was older he was in his probably 40s and here he is listening and he mm-hmm. was touched inspired encouraged in his faith by what they said so i think yep. that that's a perfect example mm-hmm. of of how this has been lived out so yeah more student testimonies and things like that would be awesome
0: for sure cool Well, that is all five of our sticky faith values and we are, um, going to come back with some more episodes based specifically on these values, but then a whole slew of other things, other topics. You like that word? word? I love that word. Thank you. Um, (laughs) but we will, uh, we will wrap it up here. Um, we're going to shoot for about once a month right now and then we'll kind of see where it goes and and how we can, um, keep producing hopefully good quality content. Um, and get different voices around the table and have some good conversations. So thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next time.